Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by our friends at ThorMX. ThorMX, the guy, the gear of choice uh, for the Dallas Supercross winner, Ryan Villapoto. And also you can save at BTOSports.com by punching in Pulp MX. Save huge. This is the Dallas Supercross wrap-up. And uh, with me on the line, uh, Jason Squared, a couple of guys that uh, know their Supercross stuff, as they say. First of all, my boss, the RacerX online editor, and uh, purveyor of all things cheap, Jason Wygant. That's right. <clears throat> what do you want me to say? Someone, someone on Twitter <laughs> said, I can't believe you guys think bubble burgers are good. And I said to him, well, they're free. And Wygant thinks they're awesome. You know what? And that's the perfect example because I actually haven't had one yet. Oh, you haven't? But I still love them. But I still love them because just the fact that they're free, it doesn't really matter. What yeah, they taste. right. Yeah, so I endorse it even though I've never even had one. Right, exactly. And uh, the other Jason online, uh, Western Power Sports Fly Racing USA's Jason Thomas. That would be me. And I also endorse the Bover, and I actually do think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, I'm, they're not. I mean, for yeah. what you're getting, it's right. not, you know, it's not, a, it's not like you just uh, butchered a cow and made the burger right there. I mean, yeah. but the product's not, pretty good. It's not a high-end burger place. You know, there's a Gordon Ramsay's here in Vegas. He's got a new place called Burger. But it's B-U-R-G-R, burger. Is and, he just that dumb, or is there uh, a... I think that's the trend. They, like, is it an angry burger? I think that's the trend when you, uh, you're you trying to be fancy, you know, so. Again, gotcha. um, the BTOsports.com KTM team was in the news this week, and we're going to get to that. And they were in the news for more than just their Bubba Burgers. But Bubba hey, is it similar to how Guy Fieri... Makes you pronounce the name Guy Fieri or wherever you have to roll the no, R. It's a make yourself G- sound stupid. Giada does that. Who? Giada, the uh, Food Network chef. That's uh, what? Yeah, Giada. I don't know. Giada. It's it like it's spelled. No, but she always goes. Uh, she's full Mata American. Miata? She is always. She's fully American, but she always goes. Okay, so now we're gonna get the mozzarella. And you're like, uh, but you're, you're like talking normally, except for when it comes to ricotta and mozzarella. Yeah, it's like the family guy. When you go into an Italian butcher shop, you automatically pick up an Italian accent. He's, start talking like you have a mustache. Well, we're going to get to... I remember geography class in school, and they'd be like, no, it's not Puerto Rico, it's Puerto Rico. And I'm going to really just throw that in there, really. Rico, suave. Puerto Rico, it was a good time. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. See, and in Canada, you didn't do any of that. You just threw on your Canadian accent anyways. Well, um... There is a whole part of the country that speaks a completely different language altogether, so keep so, that in mind. So on the BTOsports.com podcast, we will talk about the BTO Sports KTM team, and we will talk about Bubba Burgers and Bubba Stewart. It all comes around. But first off, uh, the one thing that everyone's talking about, Zach Bell and the Geico Honda team, 
he uh he had a crash jt any other crash can you remember similar to that i mean does it remind you of anything obviously the reed thing comes to mind but specifically supercross triple flying through the air uh you've ever seen that before uh i've seen some guys knocked out it reminded me of that okay but, uh, yeah. see, where, yeah. see where we're um, going with this um <laughs> why can't uh scary moment in dallas scary yeah, that was unbelievable. I don't think he was in the air quite as long as Reed because I, I, I can I will always be able to recount like what was running through my mind as I saw Reed in the air, and he was in the air so long I was literally processing like, well, that's it. Once he hits the ground, you'll never see Chad Reed race again. This is the end of his career. Like the fact that I could think of all those words while a man was airborne, the bell thing was like, oh, this is gonna hurt, and then he was on the ground. Um, so maybe for hang time, hang time, it wasn't as. Bad, but man, is there? I don't think the concrete floor would have really been any worse than Jeez. how he. Um, now, obviously, a lot of experts on Twitter. Uh, I got into it with uh, the Jason Thomas on this podcast, Chad Reed, Kyle Chisholm. We had Doc Bodner on the Pulp Show. We had uh, Zach Bell on the Pulp Show. Eddie Casillas, uh, why again? You spoke to him. There's an interview online, Racer X online, with Eddie Casillas, who's a part of the Asterix Medical Crew. But, JT, you're still holding to the fact the kid shouldn't have raced. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in a, a position to really say whether he should or shouldn't have. You know, I, I'm not a doctor, like you said. I'm not his parents, and I'm not him. So, for me to say shouldn't have, if it was me or if it was my parents, or I'm sorry, if I was his parent, I would have said, no, you're not racing after that. Just because of what I saw. And, no, I don't care what doctor, who, you know, tells me what they – think or what they assessed or what their diagnosis was i'm i believe in what i saw and and i've seen a lot of people crash and me knocked out football players motorcycle racers all of the above bar fights and <laughs> yeah he exhibited what i typically see as a rider unconscious so yes my opinion is that he probably should not have gone back out there um and, and i'll follow that up with his emotion where he was crying after the lcq and and this is just purely my opinion. I, I, from having concussions, it's very hard to control your emotions once you've had a concussion. And I thought his tears were indicative of more concussion symptoms on, t- you know, on top of what I'd already seen with my own two eyes. So mm-hmm. all those added together, I felt like, no, he probably shouldn't have been back out there. But like I said, I have no control over that or no influence, and it's just my opinion. Well, again, what do you think? Um, we I'm got a- into it at the press box pretty good, and it was awesome because the guy we get into it with was uh, Watson. Yeah. Kenny Watson. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of non-regular press people in the press box, as always. Right. So I'd say 75% of the people in there didn't know that I know you and we know him. <laughs> That's probably a good point. But we're right, arguing right. and screaming <laughs> at each other like we always do. Right. People were freaking out. Like, we, oh, my God, a fight is going to break yeah, out. Because he's telling us Kyle Bentley is down on the floor, and you're like, what's Kyle Bentley working for? Does he have a medical crew sh- shirt on? Is he m- part of the medical crew? And, and, and he said, I'll make you a bet. I'll, I'll bet you $100 he was knocked out. And I'm like, your proof is that you're the same 500 feet away that I am? What's your proof? And he's right. like, Kyle Bentley was down there. I'm like, was he as close to him as the medic team? And then he said, you two are the biggest idiots I've ever met in my life, and walked away. And people were like, it was – as entertaining as the crash. I yeah. think if you could look at the faces of the people up there, they were loving it. It was like any Monday night this last right. year and last year. I loved it. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, <clears throat> I, I know, Steve, you and I felt the same way, which was, well, hey, we're 500 feet away. Sure, the crash looked gnarly, 
But you hear in the riders' meeting every week how serious these medics are taking this concussion thing. Why would they all of a sudden completely turn and look away or completely drop the ball? They were the ones that went to the store and bought the ball. Why would they drop it all of a sudden? Well, that's I was putting. I'm putting all my faith in what they say every week, which is no one's more concerned about concussions than we are. The so it's uh, very strange that they would forget. Zach Bell was on the show and said, you know, after his Unadilla crash, he was told not to move um, after he goes down like that. And he said, and again, I'm not saying it's true or anything, but Zach Bell said he was not moving because they told him, do not move if you go down like that. It does seem a bit strange because I would think on a landing of a triple, you would be saying, I got to get off this have you ground. Have you ever seen anybody in the history of your spectating motocross or supercross racing crash like that that bad on the landing of a triple in the middle of the track when they were conscious and not move for that long ever no okay i have not but uh that's all i'm saying i'm not saying that i know the answer i'm just going off of common sense and the evidence that's presented to me right and the argument of okay the asterisk team was there and he was talking to him okay well he was in the middle of the track in the middle of a race for at least 30 seconds before Eddie Casillas got anywhere near him. Yeah, and I can't, I can't disagree with that. I mean, laying motionless on the track <clears throat> sure looks like you're knocked out. I mean, I cannot argue with that whatsoever. Um, but it's kind of the same way I would defer to someone like you when it comes to riding. It just seems crazy for me to outvote guys who, A, know more than me, and B, were on the scene where I wasn't. But he sure as hell looked knocked out. I can't argue that one. Yeah, yeah. But they, Eddie Casillas says that when he got to him, he was answering his questions. He was telling him he wasn't moving on purpose. He was with it. He was making eye contact. Uh, Dr. Bodner said on the show he's seen, he said, five to 600 concussions in his life, and and uh, he can accurately diagnose people uh, very much, just like he mentioned uh, being a mechanic and accurately diagnose a motorcycle that you know you've been working on. And um, – uh, you know, basically, uh, th- yeah, I- I'm not one to say that they didn't do their job. And I don't think anybody else is either. Those guys have an impeccable track record for um, holding guys out of races. I, sh- I shouldn't say impeccable track record. Uh, but they- they've held plenty of racers out of the night, no matter who they are. And the guy passed. He got a 92 on his um, SCAT 2 test afterwards, as opposed and the lower threshold is an 80. Um and he was cleared to race. Now. Yeah, and I'm not don't, – don't get me wrong. As I said last night on your show, I think that the Astros mobile medical team is the greatest advancement in the safety of riders and the, the sport in general in the last 10 years. I just don't know if in this situation that the protocol and the test worked. That, that was really right. my only concern. You're not saying they didn't do it. You're not saying no, that they didn't. No, absolutely. They, yeah, you're and, not saying anything. And I don't want right. this to turn into – me attacking them personally because trust me i've been hurt plenty of times where those were the guys that were picking me up and dragging me off the track and checking me out and assessing me and diagnosing me in the truck wow. and x-rays and everything else you know th- those guys are yeah. a godsend for riders because i was also there in the days when there was no one there and we <laughs> either got in the back of an ambulance or we you know our parents drove us to the hospital um yeah i mean after so I, after stewart checked on after stewart checked on you that time at houston made sure you were okay right. Those guys were there right. for you. Right. Exactly, <laughs> yes. So I just don't I don't want it to come off like that at all because I definitely 
don't feel like that they did anything wrong or it's their fault or anything like that. I just question whether my man, my only point the whole time has been, I feel strongly that he was unconscious for, you know, whatever amount of time it was. Uh, his second crash in the main was no joke. Now, why can't speaking of jokes, I don't know if you can say that, but you had an idea of how to prove that he was okay. Yeah, I don't think I can go. Okay. Well, All let's right. just put it this way. Well, okay, let me put you it this way. I hate to say this, but a couple of people were, obviously on Twitter, we were all battling it out over this, and someone said, see, he crashed in the main. That clearly shows he didn't have everything with him. He was not riding up to par. And I didn't want to respond to this publicly, but here I am saying it in the podcast anyway. Are you sure Zach Bell crashing is proof that he had a concussion? Because well, look, what's that- his track record so far as a pro, healthy or not? Four, Pretty bad as far as the crashes go. I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm that team, that guy, uh, yeah. five pro races, Unadilla, Southwick, two motos each, and uh, Dallas, and he has crashed out in four of them. Yeah, and the moto he did finish at Unadilla, he was leading and crashed and finished eighth, I believe. So he's basically crashed in every race he's been in as a pro. Yeah. And going further back, his amateur record, pretty spotty. Too. Lots of time with injuries. And I feel like even if you watch him, you can even see that you know, it's not like when he's crashed in any of these nationals, you were like, I can't believe he crashed. He looked like he was just completely in control. Yeah, Am I no, right? Yeah, absolutely not. No, he looked like he was sketchy. So I, that's a different story, but maybe one just as relevant, not just the concussion testing for everyone, but I mean, how do you settle this kid down? I talked to him before the race and I said, what's the goal here? Do you got a result that you're looking to get. And he said, nope, my goal is to do all 15 laps in the main and not crash. Oh. So, right. and when I talked to him after Loretta's, I'm like, you know, you had a lot of injuries in your amateur career. What did you learn from that? He's like, I'm so much more patient now. I know how to avoid that situation. Like, he clearly is someone who has been told over and over to tone it down. But when he mm-hmm. gets on that motorcycle, it's like the switch flips. Right. That's scary. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, basically, we can go round and round on this, like we did on Twitter, and a little bit like we did last night on the show. But JT, like you said, you've said your piece. I've said mine. Why can't maybe just move on? Or is there any last words about Zach Bell, Asterisk Medical Crew, his crash? Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say, and I agree with JT on this, um, I can't imagine like the team, the parents, and Zach himself. I know it's the first race of the year, so technically everyone's tied in points. So you might still technically be in the championship hunt. But, man, I I agree that if it were my kid, I'd say, you know what, you probably don't need to race. And only because he's a rookie. What does he really have to gain in going out there? That's the part that that, that makes me wonder. Yeah, he's definitely not uh, one of the favorites for the title. He's getting his feet wet and learning and, you know, yeah. So. And after that crash, I mean, he's probably going to have a not a great race. I mean, what's the best you're going to hope for? That he salvages a top ten because he's riding, obviously, banged up. Well, banged yeah. up and in tears. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, why not just say, call it a night? I mean, that's that's scary for other reasons. I don't want to use scary because scary is a scary word. It's scary, yeah, I'm scared already. But it just makes you wonder about, you know, the thought process over there. Why not just say, hey, we got nothing to gain here. Just chill out, man. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Um. All right. Anything else, JT? On that issue, no. Okay. It, it basically, it's just my opinion, and I, you know, 
I can speak with Doc Modner on the weekend and he could tell me his view, and it's not going to change my you right. know opinion right. of what I saw. So um, that's really it. What has been hey, going? What about the helmet? By the way, they're getting a lot of ad mileage out of this. <laughs> they are. It's terrible the way they've. <laughs> it's terrible the way they've planted little bombs of you know little things under the riders' asses to throw them off bikes, Tomac, <laughs> and, and not a cool way to get press. But um, yeah, absolutely. We we talked about it last night on the show. Um, Doc Bodner talked about neck braces and and that helmet, and um, you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a no question. Eli Tomac feels like it saved him in in Oakland. Um, all right. Um, all right. Let's let's get to the to the four fifties first. Uh, I I feel like I mean Rillapoto won and he and he, you know he was fast and he was on it. I feel like these tracks have been so shitty, JT, that anyone who got the start in Dallas, Millsap, well anyone, Millsap's Dungey, maybe not Reed, Barsha, um, they could have won. The the you weren't at Dallas. You were at the Indy Trade Show. Uh, I'm sure you watched it on TV. Every all 80 guys were doing the same thing on the second lap of practice, and it was just a joke. And it's all start. It's all start, especially when you add in easy obstacles, small obstacles, and crappy dirt that doesn't reward you know pushing and give you traction. Uh, do you feel that way? Uh, yes, to your point, um, I do feel that the dirt and the track were not great by any means. They, it wasn't good. Um, I don't want to, you know, harp too bad on Dirt Works or whoever because it's an ongoing situation. It's been going on like this for years, and there needs to be something done about it. But it reared its ugly head again this weekend. Um, but, yes, to your point, uh, I think there were a few guys that maybe couldn't have won with the whole shot, but there were probably – um, you know, I think James, Phil Poto, Millsap, Dungey. I don't know about Barsha. I don't know about Chad. They're kind of dealing with some other issues. Trey's kind of been off a little bit lately. But certainly, um, any of the guys that looked strong this weekend, um, yeah, with a whole shot, it would have been very, yeah. very difficult to do anything about it. And and that's a that's so. and that is not a good race. I look, no, look, absolutely, the that whole is shots, not conducive I mean, for anyone. It's no. Not good for riders. It's not good for fans. It's not good for Anyway, you know, it's not good for Feld because it makes for boring TV. It's uh, just a bad recipe all around. And they're doing this because they don't want injuries or not. I mean, or is this not a I conscious don't know. effort? I don't know that, that that's intentional. Okay. You know, okay. I, I, there was some pretty technical, I thought, rhythm sections, like the one rhythm uh, in the middle where they're tripling on tabletops and stepping off and stepping off. Like, you know, that, that stuff's not really easy. Um, you know, the whoops were... Not incredibly difficult, but, um, you know, Dallas is kind of unpredictable as far as how they're going to get cuffed out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously in uh, 2011 they were incredibly difficult, and then uh, last year they, they weren't so bad. So um, you never really know what, what's going to happen with that. But I thought this weekend was probably the worst one as far as um, no passing. And I don't know that you can always predict that on a, on a track map, you know, when you're drawing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of between the dirt and then um, how they how they face the jumps as far as steepness angles and spacing and all that stuff. Um, that stuff starts uh, playing itself out as far as who can jump what and if um, you know the lines all turn into one or it, it's just not always easy to predict whether tracks are going to be difficult or easy to pass on. 
uh, because there were there were bull berms. You, you know, the typical answer is, oh, you got to have 180, 180 degree bull berms that have taller berms. You got to, and there were those. I, I felt like there wasn't a a huge um, need for that type of turn. I just felt it was more the dirt. Um, and I'm kind of writing about this today, but the insides were basically rendered useless. Right. You could not go to the inside no matter what, or else you were getting passed. So that, that sends everybody to the outside, and then it's just follow the leader out there unless you have, you know, unless you've got the angle on someone, which is tough to do. Um, you know, it just turns into this follow the leader game, and you're kind of waiting on a mistake at that point. What do you think, Weege? What do you think about all the, all the above? Um, I will point out this. Um, the, there's always going to be the argument, you know, the riders always say we want more technical stuff to help separate us, and every single rider seems to think they would benefit from that. I guess yeah, they, yeah, right, yeah. every rider <laughs> thinks they're faster than every other rider. I guess, I'm not sure. I mean, if it were me out there, I'd be like, I don't want anything to separate anybody because the separation will probably be me falling further behind than the guy in front of me. But um, I talked to Mitch Payton a lot about this after the race, and he thinks that it actually does make things uh, maybe less safe in his mind because they're just hitting everything so wide open. I mean, I'm watching the race on TV even right now, and it is the intensity of Reed, um, Dungey, and Millsaps in this battle because they're trying to find any place to make up an inch right. on each other. That gets pretty scary. They're going pretty fast. We know the ground is hard and slippery. That's a crazy combination. Um, and uh, Mitch even said, I think if a guy like McGrath was racing right now, he wouldn't even be as dominant as he was because guys, you know, his thing was perfect transitions and perfect backsides and all these yeah. things. Now they just hit everything wide open. How is that actually safer um, if that's what they're trying to right. um, accomplish? Right. Uh, on the other hand, though, um, you had Filippoto had a pretty good lead, but not huge, right? What was his lead, four or five seconds the whole way? Yeah, he got up to five, uh, got up to 5.3 at one yeah, point. Not but yeah, not massive. Right. Um, and Dungey and Millsaps battled for second all the way down to the checkered flag. So is that bad for racing? Did it lead to a boring race? Are you sure about that? There were only basically I five seconds did. between first yes. and third at the end. But the, they couldn't do anything, you know? Uh, um, but you, Just because they were close to each other doesn't mean they were actually even close to passing each other. Uh, when I was watching on the last lap, I'm like, here we go. Let's see if Dungey can get him. Yeah. Bigger yeah, there was only, I really felt there were only two places on the track where Davey even had to be aware of where Dungey was. Uh, it was a turn where Dungey passed Chad that turn. And then, um, well, I guess it would be three, the entrance to the whoops and the X at the turn after the whoops. Other than that, no chance of passing. None. You, you could basically put it in cruise control as long as you were, you know, on the pace. You didn't have to worry about anybody doing anything to you because it was pretty much impossible. Plenty of tracks where you can put it on a cruise because there's five seconds between second and third on the last lap, not uh, five-tenths of a second. So my point is I'm not sure if the track people are watching this saying that sucked or if they're like, perfect, the guys are close. It's actually 1.2 seconds at the finish between Millsaps and Dunge. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's no question that uh, the bikes have hurt um, the, tr the sport of Supercross. There's no doubt in my mind. Four strokes have hurt hurt supercross uh but let's be smarter and let's do something about it let's make the jumps bigger let's get more dirt let's get um a little more creativity i thought the rider tracks when they designed them i thought a lot of those were very good i thought the anaheim 2 retro track 
I mean, the triple was 77 feet or 74, something big. If you didn't hit the turn, you couldn't jump it. And uh, that's I want to see mistakes. I want to see guys paying a price for um, not hitting the turn perfectly or not hitting an obstacle perfectly. I want to see that. And we saw a lot there more. was this weekend. Did you not see that triple where, you know, 10 people went over the bars? Cole Thompson triple. Well, that that was only I don't believe that was meant to be jumped uh, because it was. Okay, tall. Well, it's still technical. That's what I, right. when I was saying the track was fairly technical. Still, there were sections that if you didn't hit right, you were going down. They weren't easy by any stretch of the imagination. Just that one triple was uh, a lot of guys clipped their back tire. Well, like like Cole did, or Cole came up short, but a lot of guys clipped their back tire because they were going. They were supposed to triple out, but they were triple and didn't double double out, I believe. And um, that was sketchy. I'll give you that. No doubt, you had to really be precise. But I mean, the tabletop uh, that section, wheel tap that wheel tap deal where guys oh, no. were wheel tapping. Chad was Every, everyone was wheel tapping from the first. Time I don't know. Practice. I watched guys that were yeah. You can keep talking. I watched. Uh, yeah. I watched plenty of guys that were losing time there. Um, Chad was gaining on Pike there. I mean, there's it was a clever move by Reed. It was little clever, stuff. It was a clever move by Reed for sure. But the wheel tap thing, trust me, everyone was doing it. I even made fun of Swiss Core, who tweeted that Dakotas was doing it, like it was blowing his mind, blowing his mind in practice. And I said, dude, everybody's doing that. And he was like, oh yeah, they are, aren't they? I mean, it's kind of a neat move for sure. Like you know, yeah. And then the, like, the double out of the first turn, not everyone was doing you know two and then three onto the table. Some um, guys were having to go inside. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but I don't know if it was any faster. Although there were some passes made there. I, t- I agree. It wasn't. It didn't look yeah. like it was much faster. But there was. I'm just saying. I'm just right. trying not to totally ruin the track because I've seen worse tracks than that. I really feel Phoenix '86. <laughs> I really feel that the the dirt was more the issue than um, the track design. If anybody wants when it to comes see down to it, if you put traction, if you added traction to that track, you could have gone inside here and there, and it would have changed the dynamic, I felt. Maybe. But not with that dirt. If anybody wants to see the worst track ever, why again, you'll back me up. Phoenix 86. Is that the one with that three-foot tabletop? <laughs> yes. yes. That only Lachine could get over? Right. Well... I think that actually helps JT's point because I yeah, believe dirt was a factor there. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. By the way, I'm watching the last lap, and damn, is it close between Millsaps and Dungey? I think once they got past those two passing zones, Dungey just chilled out. But um, but but you can close? see as close as they are, he's nowhere near making a pass. You're nowhere near making a pass if you're ten seconds behind either. All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> you guys are brutal that way. You just never let things go. Always bring up the same <laughs> shit all the time. Um, <laughs> Let's go. I want to ask. Most of these shows are me and JT arguing. It's true. Oh, absolutely. All of them are. Um, uh, I'm going to go to uh, both of you guys for this. Uh, first, JT, what's up with Chad Reed? Not a good race. For every step forward he makes, he seems to make a step back the next week. It's, it's incredible how he's uh, – we think he's there. We think he's close. He's got the fork figured out. He looks awesome. Oh, no, he doesn't. You know what I mean? Uh, very depressed after the race. Hood up. And uh, – didn't even take the hood off for Kit Palmer, you know. Just real yeah, rap. I think this this track in San Diego too were very very bad for the for the problem they've been having, which is front end traction because of the airport. Uh, mm. If you're if you're ever looking for a track to, you know, fix that problem, these two weren't it. Right. So uh, I know that was 
kind of his feeling after the race was same problem we've been having. I have no feel in the front. Um, and we all know he runs his sports extremely stiff, maybe, you know, second only to James Stewart's legendary stiffness on the front. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I think he's kind of rethinking his um, kind of setup and how, you know, if, if we can't get any more traction with this setup, then maybe I'm going to have to change my setup. So it's an ongoing process. You know, obviously I'm sure he would have liked to have figured out the answer before now, but you know, yeah. all you can do is keep now, working at it. Okay. So um, Atlanta, little known secret about Atlanta, hard pack and slipperier than ever before every year. Right. Um, Yes, and I, I've written about this yeah. as well. It's, you know, the tracks of yesteryear where there was ruts and was sticky it? dirt and um, St. Louis, all the all the Indian? yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, it's all they've all gone to this hard pack. You know, they not blue groove per se, and you know, not Dallas, but they're they're not uh, they're not soft and sticky like the European tracks that I love so much. Um, just uh, whether, however, they're preparing the dirt now and storing it. They keep it much drier, and it has much more lime in it than it used to, and all that's added up into you know less traction. So it'll but, be interesting. Um, but uh, it, it can vary though. If it rains a lot this week in Atlanta or anything like that, that it can it can definitely um, be ruddier and softer than, than two, typical. But we got ATL, we got St. Louis, and we got Daytona. Right? Is that the next three? I think so. Yes. Um, is Chad going to have more luck, the same luck, or worse luck with the upcoming three tracks and what he's been having as far as bike setup? I would say he would be much better yeah. simply because of that dirt is more conducive to the problem he's been having. Right. Um, uh, the, the question for me is, um, and you alluded to this and actually from his interview, is he's you know talking about going to a softer forks setting. The flip side of that is, okay, if the dirt is softer for some reason, which St. Louis typically is, you know, typically ruddy and softer. Right. Uh, Daytona clearly is, is soft. Um, that's where you don't want a soft fork setting. So then you're, you're he's kind of swimming upstream here. If he goes softer this week and then the track's soft, then he's, right. you know, <laughs> not what he wants anyway. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of head scratching and game planning going on do in you, uh, Dade City this week. Do you believe... He's prevented, and I don't know if you've talked to him about this or not, and maybe you don't want to say if you have, if you even have. Do you believe he's prevented from putting on a spring fork? He would have done that by now, right? I would have think so. I feel he's met resistance there. Yeah, right. Because to me, Chad's not a dude who, who, you know, he just puts on an old fork and be like, hey, that's what I'm doing. So he's he's hinted at it. He's hinted at it for sure. Yeah, Um, I don't know the depth of the – whether they walked in and said, you will not run us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I almost guarantee, and he hasn't told me this, but I have a strong feeling that he's met some kind of resistance at some level of the yeah. Honda food chain. Which is so weird because, okay, yes, the production bike is an air fork, but it's a KYB, and it's a total air fork as opposed to the air fork that is a Showa that is different from a production bike. Like, like I, don't, I get the marketing angle if it was a KYB air fork. You know, from the outside looking in. Of course, we know inside they're they're much different than these factory forks. But the, even the marketing doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have to run the air fork. You have to run the Showa air fork on one side, valving on the other, because we sell K, KYB c- complete air forks on our bikes. That doesn't make any sense. But Does it really surprise you, though? No. No, it does not. When you not. think of all of the things right. that you 
that Yamaha's handed down, Honda's handed down. Yeah, absolutely. From, you know, it's just right. more typical um, things that don't make sense. J- so, okay, so, why again, I want to ask you, uh, James Stewart, he was back. He was back a little bit this weekend. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that part of James Stewart has necessarily been gone, though. Come on, I mean, catching Villapoto and, and, and winning the heat? Well, he's won a whole bunch of heats this year. He's been as fast as anyone in practice this year. And when was the last time he and Villapoto actually matched up in a heat? It's not like you can say five times this year Villapoto just waxed him in the heat. Um, yeah, but still. I still find it very curious how, how many times since Stewart has started his struggles two or three years ago and Villapoto established himself as a guy. How many times have he and Villapoto been in the same race and Stewart's gotten a good start? That's yeah, weird, right? Yep, sure is. Um, so this is one of the few measuring sticks, and he won. And I mean, if you look at his how he does in eight lap heats and how he does in practice, I mean, did you think ah, Villapoto is just going to pull away a second a lap and win by eight seconds? Did you did you really think that was going to happen? I did think Villapoto was going to win. Absolutely, you did yes. you did? Oh yes. Oh yeah. No, I saw them come off one two, and I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. Th- this is going to be interesting. Can James keep him in sight? That's how it's going to be interesting. No. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I-, I think this. Oh well, Exactly I- what happened to Stewart I'll and sure Dallas happened at sure- any other time. Be sure to tell yeah, RV about your feelings this weekend. At you fully. We you fully expected James to pass RV and win. No, I said this. Is- I said it's going to be interesting. Like I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see what happens. Okay. Hmm. Um, that's that's a fair assessment from going off practice time and everything. Why? I thought you were saying no. I, I thought you were saying that you expected James to go around him no problem and win. No, I mean interesting is in like I don't know what's going to happen here because if you go lap time for lap time straight up in practice and whatnot, they're always darn close. And Stewart hasn't had a problem with the eight lappers, has he? Even last year he didn't. So no, I James James is the most proficient heat race rider. In the history of Supercross, I think so. And I, I would, I would guarantee that it's a landslide. Right. So I'm factoring all that in, and I wasn't shocked. I was like, you could probably they could have ridden three eight lap heat races one on one, and it'd probably be one was going to win two, and one was going to win one. It would just run them over and over. What do you? Twenty <clears throat> lappers. I don't know what the deal is. There. Uh, I know James reads my column, and uh, the only guy he reads, by the way. Um, I know he's going to be mad at me. But I don't. I didn't like pops down on the line. What, what's your take on that, Wygant? Um, yeah, and I know his reason. You know, I explained it to you, and I heard it from a couple places. You know, that's what they do mm-hmm. uh, at the. That's what they do at home, right? Yeah. And they're just scratching their head. The starts aren't working. Let's try anything. Um, but I think you saw the downside of that, as it turned out, a half hour later when the bike breaks. Um, I think anything you do that starts adding a little drama or tension or right. Distrust amongst the ranks is a bad, bad idea. I agree. He's been getting good starts with Leroy and Heats. You know, um, he mentioned you know he just didn't feel like him and Leroy bonded on starts, and his dad can help him on starts and be down there and knows what makes him tick and knows what and that, and that's all very valid reasons. Um, but except for the fact that he got a lot of starts and Heats with Leroy, um, I don't like it just for the reason it opens yourself up and it just it just makes people go, "Well, you doing?" And Jeremy Albrecht and Mike Williamson and Oscar. Weirdman or Weidman and, and uh, Patrick Barker were all down there, and he won lots of races with those guys packing gates and doing everything. And don't like it, don't like it at all. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't talk to Leroy. I wouldn't think he'd be like, "Oh yeah, cool, man." You know, 
Um, um, well. I saw Leroy after the whole deal, and he basically, it was as if he had seen a ghost. Um, not after the heat race thing, but after the bike broke, mm-hmm. which any mechanic is going to wear uh, their heart on their sleeve in that one, except maybe you, Mathis. Maybe that was just so typical. <laughs> I was very used to it. Very ca- yeah. very, very cavalier about my bike <laughs> breaking. Eh, we'll get him next um, weekend. You know, that was kind of my attitude. No, I talked so to obviously I, Leroy's yeah. upset about feeling like he let his guy down, but I have to imagine that. Oh, and also he's already starting to distrust me enough that he doesn't want me to pack my gate. That has to weigh into his thoughts, right? I don't know. I think so. I don't like it, and I, I James is probably not going to like my column. But that's I got to write. I got to give my opinion. Um, didn't didn't think it was cool. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOSports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. Racerx Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM Race Team and the heart of the BTO Sports Amateur Motocross Team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racerx Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. JT, what do you think? I mean, did you ever think about pulling Truman off and getting Frank there? I mean. Uh, I don't know. I've done that, um, but it was more with a lot of bike setup stuff, and it was it was when Truman first started. Uh, it wasn't because I was getting bad starts. Um. I don't know. What, is it because of the way that Lee packs his gate, or what, what was the specific reason that he gave other than just, just peace of mind? Yeah, Dad knows the routine. Dad knows. I don't think it was necessarily the gate packing, although I will have you guys know that Big James uh, was just wearing shoes, normal shoes, while packing the gate, not a boot. Um, well, I, we didn't get to see how that worked out because he didn't, he didn't start. Well, in the heat race, we saw how it worked out great. 
Uh, he didn't. He didn't hold shut. Uh, close enough. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, you know, J, yeah, JT, not really any specific reasons. Just knows my routine, knows what I like, knows to get me going. You know, all that kind of stuff. So just searching for something to make it work. Uh, that's that's really what it comes back to. There, he's just searching for an answer and try, keep trying something different until it works. Do you like it though? That, that's my honest feeling. Do you like? I don't it? care. I really don't care. <laughs> all right, okay. So just me being a typical a former mechanic, I'm making something out of nothing. I, th- I think, yeah, you're maybe a little bit more sensitive because you're a mechanic and that's kind of your domain. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I could care less if he's got Bozo the Clown back there. You know, as long as they stay in their right. gate and don't mess me up, we're good. Right, right. Um, hey, Wygant, um, Justin Brayton, as I said in my column, he's not going to rip through the pack and, 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 you know, get on the podium and blow you away. But if he starts there... He's, he can finish where he starts. He doesn't go. Michael Essie went backwards this weekend. Brock Tickle went backwards the weekend before. Um, we've seen a, you know, a few different guys go backwards. Josh Hill, uh, although he's got, you know, he's got a little more excuses than the other guys. But Brayton, Brayton um, he, he can hang with those guys. I think this is, as they say, we can build on this. Yeah, um, he's really fit in pretty well. I mean, I know he got seventh at San Diego, so you're looking at, oh, at one point he was in third and he yeah, got seventh. But it What's there to be pumped on? But the point is he's just not been a – at no point does he appear like he's blocking dudes, holding people up. Like yeah, He seems yeah. like he's running that pace enough. Maybe over the course of a race it's a few seconds over 20 laps. Mm-hmm. But he clearly seems like he is part of that group. Like you said, if he starts with them, he's in there. And I think it shows really that week-to-week – thing um and the best example is his teammate grant who's now out hurt probably gonna miss or he's gonna skip atlanta hoping to come back <clears throat> like i think brayton being in this battle every week is making him better mm-hmm. and if you're one of those guys that kind of doesn't hit your ride in that train um it's tough it's probably tougher than it's ever been right now i mean there's legitimately what seven or eight really fast guys um new era brayton, a new era almost I, some people say and then you're gonna throw in tomac this weekend um so I think considering how deep that talent is, I think it's pretty good that Brayton has managed to get himself mm-hmm. in that conversation. I still don't know if he's going to say beat all those guys, but he's in that group. I think so. Not, yeah, I think he's in He's there. not a fish out of water. No, no. Um, uh, I also asked him, by the way, he's like, I feel like I'm going faster than I ever have. I feel like I'm riding even better than last year when I was getting some of those seconds to Villapoto. I'm like, uh, and you're doing it on the Yamaha. So does anyone believe you? And he said, nope, I don't even bother talking about it. Like, if he says he feels as good in the Yamaha as he did his Honda last no, year. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, whatever. Uh, no one believes What What's going on with, with Coy and uh, Rick Arker? He, he, he decided that Patrick Barker, uh, his name could also be Rick Barker if you shaded, moved some, shaded some letters out, Rick Arker. And they created a Twitter account, and they made his name on the stand that way. And I asked Patrick, and he just shook his head and said, Coy's an idiot. Coy said, I'm an idiot for not finding it funny. And, and, you know, he's now Rick Arker. Like, I find that team hilarious sometimes. I just find that whole that whole group. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they, Coy is the leader. He's the ringmaster of it all. I think you're seeing that their approach or their reason for being is a little bit different than the other teams. Um the only reason Coy's doing this is because he really wants to, right? I mean, he doesn't have to. No. No, uh, Coachy would find him someplace to stash him. Sure. You know? 
sure in the NASCAR universe they live in now, right? They can find somebody. Hey, by the way, Tim Dixon has now become the nationwide series truck driver for them. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Well, he started being JGR in shop, and I don't know what happened. He hated being truck driver. Didn't want to be a truck driver anymore. Next thing I know, he's done with the shop, and he's now a truck driver. <laughs> yes. So, um, but for guys like that, it's like they they gotta find a place. I'm, I'm sure Coy they could find a place for him if he didn't feel like doing this. So. I think he's doing it for fun. Not that he doesn't want to win. I mean, that's also why they're there. Mm-hmm. But it's not 100%. i got to do it to keep the doors open to, to make my living yeah. like for other guys. So I think you're seeing that sometimes when they do stuff that seems really there's no <laughs> I, I, other reason just yeah. for their own enjoyment. I like how Coy's calling me an idiot for not – I'm an idiot for not laughing at, at Rick Arker. I, I don't get – you know, like I'm just like, all right, okay. I mean, I get it. Ah, but no, I'm an idiot. It's really funny. I don't know what funny is. That's what he said. You need to respond to Rick Arker on Twitter a few times. Yeah, maybe I need to get. Maybe I need to do. There that. is a there is a voice know. behind this mysterious person. I know I'd be pissed if I'm some mechanic and and first of all I, I'm not allowed to pack the gate the gate my my rider's dad does and then and then my other team changes my name. You know, <laughs> this if there was a mechanics union, this would not fly. They would not be happy with these two moves. Um, JT, uh, oh, actually, let's let's go before we get to JT on that. I actually had to uh, texted Trey Kennard and apologized to him for my post-race line of questioning after the race. I was basically like, what are you doing? What's wrong? What's going on? You know, um, you're better than this, I think I even told him. <laughs> uh, but he hasn't been riding good. But, hey, I thought about it, and I slept on it, and I'm like, the guy's fourth in the points after missing a year. And, you know, I think he would gladly have taken that if you had showed him that, and, and I'm the dick. Right, JT? Clearly. Yes and no. Um, I think maybe you it came across the wrong way, but uh, I'm sure he's asking himself the same thing, Well, that's he, to be yeah. real honest with you. No, he replied back, it's okay. Lots of people are asking me, and I'm wondering too. But, yeah, I mean, there comes a point, I think, like Josh Hill. Like, I'm not coming down on Josh Hill. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Josh Hill, the, the guy, um, for a bunch of different reasons, um, having to do with the preseason interview I did with him. But it doesn't matter. I'm not coming down on the guy. Uh, he hasn't been in Maine for three, for three years. What do you want from him? He's building. He's trying his best. He's getting in the main events. He'll get better. He's a good rider. And just like Trey Kennard, I feel like let's give him a benefit of the doubt a little bit. He had almost a, a year off, and, and he's trying to get back to his level. I don't think it's fair to us to be like, what the hell, you know? So that's all. No, and I don't think so either. I think it's more um, if he had started the season like this, um, you know, making the little mistakes and not showing um, the promise that he did at the beginning, I don't think anybody would say anything. But having seen as good as he was the first few races, that's where you're, that's where the questions are coming from. Um, just the last few weeks haven't mirrored how he was at the first few weeks. Right. So it's kind of a it's it's a double you know double bladed sword where you're fourth in the points and you're you're doing awesome when you look at the overall picture, but the last few weeks have been a noticeable difference from how he started the season. So you're kind of uh, so wondering where that tray went. What? Where did that tray go then? Which, I don't in, know. In your opinion, in your, uh, in your opinion, I don't think he knows. From from what I hear around you know around here and and you know I know a lot of people that are close to him and I'm not sure that he really knows. Um, just kind of uh, gotta 
you know, kind of right. do a little self-introspection and, and figure it out. Um, the ability's there, the bike's there, the team's there. Um, I, I just really feel like it's uh, he's got something mental going on that's that's holding him back a little bit. Well, again, um, Matt Gerke, right? Matt Gerke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for Millsaps, you'd have to say that Gerke is maybe the – the signing of the the early season, right? I think so. I mean, JT. We'll get to what JT thinks. He's been on the Matt Gerke bandwagon for a while, but I agree. Take away Davy Millsaps and his incredible rejuvenation. Um, Matt Gerke. Matt yeah. Gerke. Do you know how much it bugs Kenny Watson? And I had a, a conversation with Kenny Watson. Do you know how much it sticks in his craw that Matt Gerke on the BTO Butler Brothers team is beating his works Suzuki rider? Not happy. Well, it's a great point you bring up because you can't just look at riders individually and say he's getting eighth. You need to put it in comparison to, you know, who he's getting eighth around, and that's a great point. Um, or he, he finished in front of who will now be his teammate, uh, Andrew Short, in this one. You know, and I don't think going into the year anyone would have thought, yeah, Short, Gerke, eh, yeah, similar. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, but certainly, the, I guess, similar to Millsaps, Certainly the potential to be this good maybe has been there. It's pretty awesome when you see guys do it because most of the time it doesn't happen. You, you wish every year that we're going to have competition because this dude's going to step up and this guy's going to step up and this guy's going to have a career year and they're all going to meet in the middle. It's a weird year where it actually is happening. Yeah. yeah. JT, you, you, again, he just needed to avoid injury, right? You, you've seen this in him. Yeah, I think he's had the speed and I kind of feel like that why again? A few others have overlooked him. Uh, really, right. coming into right. the season, throughout <laughs> the season. Well, you know, he, but, uh, he there was a middle class story done, and strangely, there there was no Matt Gerke in there. I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's, was, it's a thing. I uh, it's kind of a common thing. Of, call me back. Sorry. Yeah, I, it's something I've seen kind of throughout the year. Is a lot of media has just passed the guy over. Um, but there comes a point where you just can't overlook him anymore, as much as you want to. You actually have to give him credit for the rise he's getting. Uh, and, and he's solid, man. That's the thing that he's not lucking into these things. No. He His fitness seems good. He's on the pace yeah. of the guys around yeah. him, and he's riding, you know, up there. If he does, if he crashes or whatever, he's passing back into 10th or 11th or whatever he's getting, and then if he, everything goes well, he's a solid eight, seven, eight, nine place guy right now, you know, all day long, all... no matter who's on the ground or whatever. Yeah. No, and his fitness is good, you know. Um, maybe his starts yeah. are the weakest part. I don't see him. I don't remember. You know, he's not up there too much. But um, his starts have been really good. Honestly, um, that's one. I think that's one of his strongest, strongest points to the season. You know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah, maybe he's not hole shotting, yeah. but he's top five almost every time. Um. um okay. But so, yeah, I, and I even texted Forrest after the main event. I'm just like, Gerke is so solid. Like, there's no holes in the program right now. So and I mean. Forrest, okay, so Forrest's trick of hiring every guy from Florida eventually pays off. It took him eight, nine, 12 tries. But here he is. He got his Florida guy. He got his guy. But unfortunately, the Florida guy lives in California now. So you're saying I was a failure? No, no not you. Have... No, no, you don't count. I meant everybody else. Oh. Um, you were, you were, yeah, you I don't. Brother. That really didn't. I don't think that factored into anything. I was kind with of, the Gerke thing. It kind of, uh, jo- kind of making a joke, but no one seemed to laugh. No, no, I know, I know. Uh, but it still is another Florida guy. It's mm-hmm. hard not to look at it that way. 
and I'm sure lots of people just think right. that. Um, but uh, JT, so you knew about the Andrew Short deal the whole time I got a, a, an email. They're a voicemail. Right. Very, it's bullshit. These are your brothers, Forrest, Karsten, Butler. These are your brothers, and you knew the whole deal the whole time, and you're telling everyone on the Pulp Show and on this show that you know nothing. So, good job. Well, I did actually know nothing, and like I said last night, to back it up, I actually texted you before I texted anyone on the team and asked you if that was happening uh, on Friday or whenever it was. Okay, so, so. Andrew Short on the, on the BTOKTM, JT, uh, better, worse, or the same? Uh, I think he'll be around the same spot. Okay. I, there's no doubt his bike will be better than it was has been the past few weeks. Yep. Uh, uh, so, I mean, he's still been in that seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I guess. So I, I expect more of the same, honestly. Why well, Same, better, worse. I think he'll probably ride better. I mean, yeah, the bike's got to be better. Plus, the overall package of just not having to wonder and worry anymore mm-hmm. has got to be good. Uh, the problem is I just don't know in this field how much further you can go up. I think it's the same reason you didn't see his results change the other direction when he went from the works bike to the production bike. Where where do you expect him to go? I mean, is he going to get fourth this weekend? I mean, that's just a tall order no matter what kind of bike he's on. Mm-hmm. The guys are going fast. So I think that's the problem. I think he'll ride better, but I don't know if you'll see it directly in the, the results. just too deep. Yeah, I, think, I, think he's, I don't think there's going to be any drop-off, but I don't see him getting better either. But, right, that's a very good point. Yeah, and he's better than Jimmy Albertson. So, you know what I mean? He's better than that group. Mm-hmm. But he, I don't know that he's quite up to the pace of Dungy and those guys right now. So it kind of puts him in that spot where he can't really get out of it. He's stuck. Yeah, he's stuck in the Netherlands. He's he's probably better than Gurky or close to Gurky. He's better than Tickle. He's better than Alessi. But he's not as good as Villapoto, Millsaps, Dungy, Reed, Kennard, Barsha. He's like right stuck there, you know. I mean, is there another rider that is his equal? I don't think so. He's slightly better, I think, than Gurky and Tickle and Alessi and Pike, Canari, Hill, Lemay. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought Wyndham was in that group with him, and then Wyndham went away. Right. Wyndham retired. Did you hear? Uh, really? Yeah. I saw him doing that. The uh, tr- transfer still. I, I don't know. I don't I'll, know. I'll read about it. Yeah, check it out. Maybe okay. don't look at it from Wygant's point of view, though, or he doesn't talk to these guys. Don't look at it uh, on the pulp side, either. Didn't no. go over well. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, moving on. Hey, by the way, speaking of that group, uh, Weimer, I think, is, is supposed to be back uh, yeah. this weekend. So that will be interesting, like I was now, saying about Grant. Now, there's there's his equal. Weimer short. Yeah, I agree. You know? Agree. Yeah. 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 There's there's his um, guy. Um but uh, at the beginning of the year, Weimer, I think, was better than Brayton. Brayton has really gotten strong these last couple of weeks. Weimer's been out. So that's, it's really going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, yeah, no Weeks doubt. Off. Bad, um, bad time for that. Uh, why can't? Are you on the Jimmy Albertson bandwagon yet? And if not, if, if not why not? He's, um, he, he, I'm, he, not easily, I'm not easily swayed. I'm not a flavor of the month kind of guy like you who just, you know, changes ideas with the wind. You know, I'm very steadfast. You am not – he JT, he's a better rider than on BTO team, and I don't know why. Just a, I don't think there's anything wrong with Suzuki RMZ bike, and he got he was on a salary with no worries, and just showed up and rode. And the team is solid. He's now in a motorhome that lost an axle, uh, living in Beaumont. Um, 
on a bike that was broken a couple of races that he barely made the the line and he's doing better. J- Jimmy Albertson needs chaos in his life. He cannot get a salary and a structure, I guess. I don't know. Well, I think there's some something that's uh it's a little bit strange. I don't have an explanation for it, but I can I can uh compare it to something. Mm-hmm. To me it's very similar to when Kyle Regal is racing for himself. Right. He gets his own program, he gets his own bike and does his own thing and rides out of a van. He rides better. If you put him on a high, in a high pressure situation or on a team where he's expected to do well, he doesn't do anything. Uh and, and that's kind of the only thing I can compare it to. Um, I don't have an explanation for it. I know our bikes were really good last year. Right. Uh, you know, I that was definitely not the reason. So. But but you would agree, a hundred percent that I don't. I mean, I don't even know how many points he had at this time last year. I could check it real quick, but wasn't wasn't many. There's no way he had as many as he, he's got. Twenty nine right now. No, no, no. Without a doubt, I don't think right. he had twenty nine the whole year last year. So yeah, without a doubt, he's a better rider this year. In a deeper field. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. Makes no sense. But then again, uh, top, yeah, I mean, right. not everybody gels with, you know, maybe he didn't, yeah. didn't just wasn't that Suzuki wasn't conducive for him. You know, you never know. I, I know he was very happy about going back to Hondas and he liked the Hondas before he came to our team. So, mm-hmm. you, know, yeah, what, you know, one thing, and obviously uh, all three of us are, well, two of us are Jimmy Albertson fans. Uh, Wygant is not, but <laughs> one thing about talking and, and look, so, so maybe this is a little biased, but I've had plenty, he wears beer optics. Uh, you know, I build his goggles for him. Um, I have plenty of off-the-record conversations with him and on-the-record conversations with him. It's very rare to not have a rider, JT, and you can attest to this, not sort of shit-talk or point fingers. Jimmy has not done that to Forrest Butler and the BTO team. He always has said, I didn't get it done. Those guys are cool, man. Ah, they treated me good. I didn't get it done. I, I admire that. And, and, you know, even off the record stuff, you know, he's obviously he said the right things when I've interviewed him, but even off the record, he's never, and maybe he has to you, JT, I don't know, but to me, he's never pointed fingers at his lack of success last year at the team or the bike or anything. Just, that didn't no, gel, I, you know, didn't I work. I agree with you. I don't think that he has a reason to, though, as well. I right, really, right, right. really no. feel that way. But in our sport, it doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. You don't have a reason. You'll still do well, it. Well, this, this sport, <laughs> there's usually a reason, to be honest with you. You know, you know how riders, you're a rider already. You're still holding on to being a rider. It's okay. I understand. You guys have a hard time looking in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been years now. <laughs> um, I have a hard time looking in the mirror, too, for other reasons, though. But anyways, I admire that about Jimmy. Uh, he, You know, he's riding better. He could be like, man, you know, my bike was just shit. Like, never done that. Never said it. Just doesn't know what happened last year. Doesn't know. You know, and that's cool. Yeah, and and I could see him saying the Honda just works better for me. I, I could see him saying mm-hmm. that, and actually, you know, I could see him believing that. Right. But I don't think he has a real axe to grind or a reason to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I've been on that team in a lot of situations, and if he had been on the team years ago, I feel like he could have possibly said that. Right. The bike, there were years where the bike was nowhere near up to par. Uh, but last year... There's really no reason for him to say something like that, for sure. So Weston Pike switched teams, and as did Partridge. Am I getting that, or did that team just not head out east? Partridge is now on a Honda. For I, I think they switched. I don't, don't quote me. I, I want to say that I heard that Partridge and that team switched to a Honda. No, uh, no, Partridge, no, Partridge, no, Partridge, no, Partridge is now on. Uh, well, again, help me out. Yeah, we saw him in the pits. He did say. 
He did say it was a new team, didn't he? Yeah, no, it's a new team. I, I feel yeah. bad for not yeah. knowing this. We're the guys that always talk about these teams that need recognition, and here we are. Well, it's difficult when it switches week to week. Um, yeah. And Pike is off that MB1 thing also, but he's still getting MB1 suspension, so I don't know if anything ended bad, but he's on Teddy Park's thing, I think. Does he care? Okay. No, he doesn't care. Not at all. Okay. No, he, he doesn't even believe in Teddy Parks. Um, let's move on. Shall we? Hey, yeah. on uh, Albertson. Please do. Um, he, he, I mean, he's awesome. Like, I do. He's a great guy. So I, people are going to – I realize I could keep perpetuating this, but then people are going to end this podcast thinking I'm a dick, so I better not. But you were not on his bandwagon at the beginning of the year as far as his – No, riding-wise, yes, no. Like, yes. you know, he's an awesome dude. Love to hang out with him. No right. doubt about that. But I'm just saying, hey, I saw him ride last year, and I thought, well, that's his best opportunity. Mm-hmm. He should be worse now. So I yeah. think this is, what, round two? And he hadn't even raced round one? Yeah. And you're like, how do you think he's going to do? I'm like, not good. So I admit I'm not going to change my opinion um, that quickly. But mm-hmm. for sure he's riding better. But to say I'm jumping in the bandwagon, that would just make me um, a fickle fan. Yeah. I get, on, I get on and off bandwagons all the time. I try to I try to avoid that. Right. That's why the Millsaps thing has been a hard sell on me. I'm like, I know what I saw for six years, <laughs> but I'm really starting to come around. <laughs> does, does, it, does his championship percentage increase? I think, I think you left it at 37. Dude, I think it did again. I think it did again. Like, hey, Dungey, for example, had another shot at him. Reed had another shot at him. Didn't, you know, there's no separation, no difference whatsoever. You know, no signs that like, well, he's, they're going to start figuring him out at all. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. we got to get going. we got to move this thing along. JT can only hide out in, in the hallways and the bathrooms of Western Powers Course for so long. <laughs> yeah, we're at, we're at an hour and a half already here. Uh, well, actually only an hour of tapes, but yeah. Um, gotcha. 250 East Series. Um, now I feel bad for saying this, but, man, there is not a lot of chances. There's not a lot of dudes in there. Oh, you're going to get blasted for saying that. Well, I mean, it's true, but the flip side is there's going to be a lot of new heroes in the sport, in the in that side, in that course, in that uh, in that coast. Um, come on, though, JT. Oh, I I'm agree with you 100%. Uh, I just <laughs> I've seen racers' comments and tweets and all kinds of stuff, people not happy with the lack of respect for the 250 East. So calling it the um, 250 least isn't that good? <laughs> the 250 least. Um, <laughs> I just think I, I put it one way that I'm going to stick to. I think it's the most inexperienced uh, list of riders in a, in a Eastern or Western series that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and but uh, yeah, more chances for guys to get be heroes though for sure. Uh, and uh, we're absolutely going to be interesting to see what happens. Wilson, uh, never a doubt for, for Wilson. How will I get? No, um, the result I don't think anyone was surprised by. And uh, I think the riding, if anything, to me was even a little better than I thought because he looked to me, maybe just because of the he's in a better place in his life or because he's had time off and he's fresh, or maybe even just he knows it's kind of served up for him and he's got some confidence. He just looked really sharp. Like, I feel like it was whipping and scrubbing and, and, and was more dynamic than he has been in Supercross in the past. Um, the Dean Wilson of last year, I think, would have won that race anyway. But he looks even better than that. Yeah. Um, 
Full stop. There. Period. No. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was checking an email actually on my phone. Oh, okay. uh, um, <laughs> Wharton almost didn't qualify to go to the LCQ. I loved his style though, where he he said it over and over. Man, this is just more track time. I I'm just getting more track time. And that's a good thing. I, I'm going to the LCQ and I want it. And I, it's good to have more track time. And eh, I like Wharton's crap. <laughs> Wharton's a cool kid though. He's a cool dude. Um, Will Hahn. Um, JT, you very much enjoyed his move on Vince Freeze? I was pretty dang excited about it. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm, I'm just kidding. It was definitely, uh, I felt like Will was kind of in the position where he had to pass Vince, and if he didn't do it to Vince, then Vince was going to do it to him. Yeah. yeah. So he was just he was just the aggressor on the deal. And um, I have some words of advice to Will is to maybe put some radiator braces or uh, – <laughs> Double up your knee braces call kind he- of situation for call, Atlanta. Call uh, Doug Henry for one of those cages. Right. Yes. Um, what What do you make of Muskan's ride? Why, again, did he just cost himself the title? Is it Is it too? too no, no. It okay. Didn't cost the title. Uh, okay. Uh, it's, it's 10 points. I mean, I think we all felt going into this that you're going to need – you're going to need some help from Wilson – I feel like I just can't imagine someone just going out there and consistently smoking him week in and week out and just beating him on points by that. Mm-hmm. Um, hate me for it if you're not a Dean Wilson fan or if you like somebody else. So really all you're doing, I think, is just trying to hang around and wait for an opening, and he did a pretty good job of getting what he could get. I mean, six, you're not going to do much better than that from a first-turn crash. So, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think okay. he ruined his chances at all. Biggest surprise um, for you, Wygant, Gavin Faith or Cole Thompson? Man, that's a tough one. Faith winning that heat race was good, but you know, he is he is on what's turning out to be a pretty darn good team. I mean, I know that <laughs> Moto Concepts with the Genova and Alessi personalities over there, people enjoy banging on them and making jokes about them and I don't think they even shy away from that, right? They they march to the beat of a different drummer. Uh, no, I would say they're not judging how Tony signed an autograph for a kid in San Diego. It said, Crazy Mini Dad, Tony Alessi. Right. Yes. Right, right. The hot tub guy and the crazy mini dad. They, they almost literally wear hats with those labels. But if you start to look at it, they've really built a pretty solid program. A lot of teams similar to them have gone under at this point, mm-hmm. and there don't appear to be any cracks in the foundation for them. Um, and then the faith thing, I think, is just another – Example of that, and, and Jay Canada's had some good rides too. It's not even just the Alessi team now. It's not even the same class. Well, I find um, I find interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. I find it, Tony had to choose between Faith and Thompson. Chose Faith, <laughs> which, and that was going to be my proof. I think just because Thompson isn't on the Moto Concepts program, I would rate his performance as a little more surprising. Right, than Faith, just because he's doing it even uh, on a lesser. What? Program. Where's he from? Cole Thompson? Ooh. Cole Thompson. Where's he from? Baton Rouge, I believe. No, no, a little further north. From a, from a country that is... Knox, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. North, north Dakota. Mm, a little up more, I think. From He's from a country that has had a lot of Supercross... Rochester, ex- Minnesota. A lot of Supercross experts over the years. Supercross specialists has, have come out of his country. And he's just another in the line... Of Supercross riders, um, I'll show you. <laughs> so you're uh, telling me Moto Concepts could have had Canada and the Canadian. I never even thought of that. Brilliant. On one coast we have Canada, and the other coast we have Canada. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Um, no, he was good. Cole Thompson, ugly crash. Uh, I don't know if he would have finished third. Will Hahn looked pretty good and was on the move. I think a fourth or a fifth is totally doable for Cole Thompson. And perhaps if Gavin Faith had gotten a main event uh, start that he needed, he, he you know he won the heat and he probably could have got up there. But um, what about Kyle Peters? What about Kyle Peters? Come on, you guys, please tell me something. What do you want? I mean, he did well. When do I start getting some golf claps here? Never? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that your exact words were one-fourth place isn't going to get you anything. I know, but, I, I mean, there's something to That was this. your exact words. It was. It was. Last night about Politelli. I'm just, yeah. I, I don't think Kyle Peters is going to get fourth in the series, and I don't think, uh, he, he, you know, he's going to do that well again. Uh, but, but clearly, Kyle Peters maybe, and it's early was given up on a little early by the star racing guys. Why again? If you went through the list of fourth place finishers in the history of uh, East Coast Supercross, you would have literally dozens and dozens of them. A lot of them probably uh Davey Ezek. He got a lot of fourths I remember. Um just come on, Kyle Peters, why again? Give me something. Yeah, it's both. I mean, okay, you're reaching way on a limb there to say that a rider who star racing had for one year, maybe they gave up on him too early. I mean are you really – is that your crystal ball that told you that, or was it the writing on the wall? Which one was it? Because, I mean, everyone – it's simple math. Like, he's a good rookie. You give him one year, he's injured almost a whole year. You might want to take another shot at it. Um, so, yeah, they gave up on him too early. Maybe they should have kept him, um, et cetera, and he rode well. But I do feel that the one ride – okay, we've already gone over that the track was pretty hard to make passes on. We've – somewhat covered that the field might not be the strongest ever. He basically got the whole shot, and he didn't go down. A couple other riders did. Um, I don't want to take anything away from the ride. I mean, that's awesome, and that's good vengeance, and I'm glad to see that he's recovered from what could be tough getting dumped by a factory team. He was just shitting all over me. Both it's a little bit of both. Like, for sure they should have kept him. For sure he deserved another shot. But at the same time, the fourth place, I'd say it's good, but it's not, oh, my God, he got fourth. Right, Jeremy Martin didn't even make the main event. I'm not arguing the star racing point whatsoever. I feel like I need to stop ganging on, jumping on, piling on the star racing thing. I'm going to try. Well, to, here's what we need to do. I'm going to try to let we this need go. To, and I will do it this weekend. I will go to their truck this weekend and say, Bobby Regan, can you can we talk about this? <laughs> Has anyone ever heard from him on this subject? Uh, no, well, I, I can tell you what we had done was we were. Uh, in our boardroom down in Star, Alabama, uh, Mississippi, excuse me. Uh, I get, get a little confused on where I'm from. But anyway, we were uh, we had a board meeting, and uh, I, I said, boy, who are we going to hire for next year? And uh, at, the, at the end of the day, we had to let Kyle Peters go. Uh, wasn't an easy decision. I, I also had lost uh, Ryan Sipes. Uh, I, I'm really, honestly, just looking for a race winner. We, we want to go out there and we want to win races. I didn't feel that Kyle was going to win. Uh, so there you have it. That's all I really had to say on the matter. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody out of Atlanta. Good talk. Uh, is that Ross Perot or Bobby Reagan? Um, well, they are the one. They, they are. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump on. I'm not gonna. I'm, I, I had my. I had my speech loaded. 
It was loaded. It was in the barrel. I'm backing off. I was even going to write a story about it this week on the racetrack site, and you talked me out of it. No, I thought you were going to get me to ride it. Oh, I see. I That's thought you were going to get me to ride it, and I don't want to do that because I don't think Bobby and Brad over at Star like me very much. Consequently, Bobby Hewitt and I were texting yesterday, and he said, hey, remember when you were bagging on me and my team? And I went, yeah. And he went, yeah, we kind of deserved it, but we're back now. And I'm like, yep, you are. And you did a smart thing with Jason Anderson. But anyways, I'm not going to get go there. Just copy I'm going to go there literally and say. <laughs> You're literally going to go to the truck. I'm literally going to go to the truck this weekend and be like, listen, man, I don't want to take this any further. We've, we've made jokes about this. We've pointed it out week after week. I'm sure it's in stuff you don't listen to or don't read. But give me your side of the story. Explain. Do you are you bummed? Like when Durham won in in New Orleans last year, where you're like, ah. Uh, when Peters gets a fourth, are you like, ah? Or Will, do you see Will Hahn? Will Hahn? Will Hahn? Yeah, I mean the list. The list goes on. Um, do you guys know anything about this James Dakota guy? I haven't heard much about him. I don't <laughs> feel like we know much about Dakotas. Doesn't have any idea. Does he? What's his story? If motocross was a high school, he is definitely one of the popular kids. Yeah, he is banging the cheerleaders, for sure. Yeah, he's just loved. Loved by fans, loved by riders. He's a nice kid. Nice kid, no doubt. Uh, yep. uh, I've never had a lot of interaction with him, but he seems like a good dude. Um, he got eighth. I feel like him and Cole Thompson will be in the mix for uh, top, like, full privateers. We need to come up with a better word, I was thinking this week, too, thinking this week, too, for private. Like JT, that that's gone. We, uh, that's gone. But having said that, Dakotas is a privateer. But who knows? He may be on some sort of quote unquote team. I don't even know. His sponsor is uh, High Octane Harley Davidson. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, good point. Never mind. Scratch that. That he's on some <laughs> sort of team. Um, but you know what I mean. We need to come up with new names. Because gypsies, G- gypsies would be, gypsies would be what privateers used to be right that's the lowest form of racing gypsies or is that pike that's all i got that's all i got okay is that pikeys pikeys are below gypsies i don't western pikeys i'm gonna tell western you said that (laughs) oh god no please don't he won't care anyways um all right anything else justin hill good ride for him um i think we're gonna know a lot more about that class after this weekend honestly I feel like uh, Wilson, Wharton, Hahn, and Muskan, no one else is going to get a podium. Can, do we think? Does anybody think? Probably. I, I, there's a very good chance that you're correct. Yeah. No one else makes a podium unless they're Cole Thompson from Canada. Dude, Zach Bell's fast. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised to see Zach Bell not racing this weekend based on what Doc Bodner was telling us last night where head injuries. Oh, here we go. Where head injuries do, um, you know, can get worse. Twenty four. So he was fine hours. the race twenty minutes Wait after the crash, but he's not fine seven days later. In some cases, Doc, Doc Bodner says head injuries that, get. That's horrible. Okay. All right. Uh, I, yeah. uh, no, you know what? You're right. You're right. What am I doing? Listening to a doctor when I got you two on the line? Of course. But Bodner, how can how can I, you I how can you even justify that? He's okay to ride right after, but he's not okay to ride a week later. I'm telling you what the doctor said. I understand. I'm okay. just asking for some kind of clarification. Well, call Doc Bodner. You have his number. No, I'm busy. No, I'm busy. If I'm Bodner, I hire a limo to go to Cairo, Georgia, and bring him to the track. 
<laughs> that would look so bad. You are racing. <laughs> that would look so bad. Um, Swanapol? Jackson Richardson from Australia? I think I said, <laughs> right. well, no more. After yeah, yeah, again. all right. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up with that. Um, all right, guys, thank you for doing the btosports.com RacerX podcast. Brought to you uh, by our friends at Thor MX. Thor MX, the gear of choice uh, for Ryan Villapoto and the Pro Circuit Monster Team and uh, a lot of other riders out there. ThorMX.com. Wygant, uh, JT, JT, you, are, you will be at the race this weekend. Yes. So, fantastic. And uh, Wygant, thank you for everything you do for me and my career. Sharing a room this weekend. We are, aren't we? Very exciting. I think it should be good. I mean, uh, I will bring the Coke. You bring the hookers. Will you be going to the DMXS party on Friday? Great question. Absolutely. Great question. Uh, I get in early enough, so probably, yes, I will go. I will be there. All right. Um, I will With Zach Bell's JT. on. Yeah. J2 will go, too. Mathis, you and I can even go there together, and as soon as we go in the door, we'll just go our separate ways. I do not want to be seen with you. Really? You think those guys are that mad? No. Come on, dude. Iser's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Um, it was pretty funny, though. Last year, you weren't there, but Watson was. And lots of jabs and rivalry barbs. It was, I couldn't even tell you what was serious and what was funny. It was, it was right. typical Watson. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, with Kenny Watson, uh, do, do you at all know what's serious no. and what's funny ever? No. Yeah. But trust me, the Pulp versus DMXS thing, I don't think there were any other topics that he was willing to bring up that night. Just nonstop. <laughs> you liked it. Um, yeah. He told me he's going to start his own radio show last week. So I'm, I'm <laughs> eagerly waiting for the debut of Watson's radio show. All right, guys. Thank you, and uh, right. see you this yep. weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.